Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. On the Detail Podcast, I'm Rob Pax, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me on the show this week, as ever, we have Paul White. Side right, Paul. Hi, Rob. You okay, mate? How's your week been so far? Yeah, well, it's only Monday, so I'm still a bit <laughs> uh, disappointed from, from from yesterday, really. But you know, looking forward now ahead to to the next game. And as my dad's always said to me, you're only as good as your last game. So I mean, you're just going to put that to bed now and, and, and look at the, the cast game now on Friday night. Yeah, I think it's all about getting out your system as, as quick as you can. I think this podcast is, is a bit like that. I mean, to get that Leeds performance out of our system before the big games to come. Uh, well, we've got the show this week, Paul. Yeah, we've got the news. We've got a review of yesterday's game against Leeds. We've got interviews with uh, Chris Wellham, Craig Kopjack, and Ian Watson in Coach's Corner. We've got the amateur report and we've got a preview of uh, this week's game against Catherwood. Cool, so we'll do. We'll uh, start with the news coming out of the club this week. So, the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils is Salford have signed Manu Vatavai for New Zealand Warriors, Paul. He's a big he's a big bloke and a big signing for us. Yeah, he is, yeah. That's a, that's a major coup, that first part. I mean, if we keep him fit, I know he's, he's been struggling with, with injuries, that, but they don't call him the, the beast for nothing, do they? He's got a good dry record. He's done it at the top level as well, you know, winning uh, World Cups and playing really well for the international side of New Zealand. So, it's an exciting signing for us, uh, you know, just looking at the situation at the moment, we're just incarnate leaving. We're a bit bit short on wingers at the moment. We've just got higher levels there, Jake Bibby and Greg Johnson. But other than that, we're short in that position. So it's somewhere we need to strengthen. I think it's a good sign. Yeah, great uh, strike rate as well. 152 tries in 226 games uh, for New Zealand Warriors, Paul. And, you know, obviously, strike, strike, strike rate like that, uh, you know, he's got to be a, you know one of our main men, I reckon. You better put your teeth back in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, certainly, certainly. I think, like I said, he's a, he's a class player, I think. But um, Salford fans, I think, the ones I've, I've seen anyway, spoke to, they're a bit wary, aren't they, of signing back before by, by certain players. So, obviously, you're going to be a bit cautious when, it, when a big name comes. So, uh, we have been let down in the past by certain players. But, no, I think so. I think you've got to give him a chance, haven't you, and, and judge him on what he does for Salford. And, once we've seen a few games from them, then we can pass judgment and see how good he actually is. But he's going to get the chance. We've got a couple of games left now, hopefully. I think I've heard he's coming over on Saturday, Rob. Is, is that is there any truth in that, or do we not know when he's coming? I think he's having a, a good bye, anyway, with his New Zealand Warriors yeah. club, isn't he? I think they play Saturday, so he's probably on a on a plane Saturday night, and, and then Manchester maybe Sunday, maybe. But we don't know. I suppose he'll, he'll get here when he gets here. I suppose jet lag might come into it, so... Yeah, we've got don't forget, we've got league the week after, then we've got league in the semi, and then we've got eight games then you know for him to, to play in the uh, sorry seven games in the, in the Super Eight. So there's plenty of season left. Uh, so I'm sure he's going to get his chance to, to shine and his chance to prove to be what's he's a, a major part of our team. Yeah, I think obviously the size of him as well is a big unit. 
and with obviously Justin Carney sort of departing, he might take the mantle of being one of our big goal forwards early in the tackle count, Paul, and that's what we kind of been lacking, haven't we, last few weeks, you know, that goal forward early. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, Justin Carney's a big big sort of player play like that, but I don't think Justin Carney would ever sort of try coaching with was he was going to score, you know, 30, 30 tries a season. He, he seems to have a different way of playing at Salford, you know, making the ground, attracting defenders and, you know, making a lot of yards going forward. And I, I think, um, I won't say Batavai was, was a completely exactly the same sort of player. I think, you know, he's, he's, he scores trying, he's got the pace as well, but I've only seen him in the past, so I've not, I've not seen him recently. I don't watch a lot of NRL, so I'm probably not the best judge on it, to be honest with you, but like I said, we'll just, just see, see how he goes when he gets here, but he's coming with a big reputation, and from what I've seen of him, his highlight clips and his record, you know, speaks for itself. Uh, he's an exciting signing, and he's a signing that's going to, you know, get people uh, sitting up and taking notes. Yeah, I think you've always got to judge him after a few games rather than expect miracles straight away for me obviously when players come in they've got to settle in the environment they're travelling the other the world you know if he does come in hot then great but you've got to give him a few games I reckon yeah yeah, of course, yeah yeah sometimes I mean they can be great on the first game and then and fall away I mean I remember when Kevin Locke made his debut at Huddersfield and I mean he, he probably had a bit of jet lagging in there he was absolutely amazing at that, that first game away at Huddersfield we watched him there and he was like this, this kid's got, got jet lag and you know what's he going to be like when he's been there a while he never sort of settled in, did he? And he had what, you know injury problems and things like that. So sometimes he can look great and then and then fall away. But yeah, like you say, you've got to give the kid a lot time and let him adjust. Obviously, he's coming to a different country, different lifestyle over here. He's going to take him time to, you know, I don't know what sort of will he bring his family with him and things like that. I think a lot a lot of the time things like that have a big effect on the player. Probably settling if he can settle in to the the Salford fold, uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine because the group of players that he's coming to play with. Uh, you know, you won't get a better bunch of that group of lads, so I'm sure they'll settle straight in. Yeah, I suppose it's a statement, isn't it, really, the, from the club where we're going, we can attract players like Manu Batavau, and, you know, hopefully, you know, more to come uh, in the in the next few weeks and, and months. Yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a good sign, but, um, like I say, you, you can't really tell how good it is until you've actually seen him play, and uh, the, only, the only doubt in my mind is his injury problems and his, his, his lack of game time this year, but... Uh, you know, Ian Watson and, and, and the lads that saw on the coaching staff earlier, Ian Marty, who they wanted, and I'm sure that they've uh, had it on good authority that he's, he's fit and he's, he's going to be ready to go for us when he gets over it. Yeah, other news um, Challenge Cup tickets are going fast. Only about 300 or so left, Paul. Now it's it's coming like we're going to have a big, big following in that semi against Wigan. Yeah, certainly. It certainly is. I mean, what is it now? A couple of, about two weeks on, on Sunday, I think, isn't it? Three weeks. Every July, I was counting the days, but. Yeah, it's very exciting, Robin. It's going to be it's going to be a special day, real magic day. We've got two more games to go before that, but but, uh, but yeah, that's in the back of my mind all the time. It's been encouraging, you know, the amount of tickets that have been sold. It does seem to have uh, captured the imagination of the supporters, and uh, you know what I mean. Just just thinking about it makes you nervous. So, you know, eighty minutes away from how on turf of Wembley, I mean, it doesn't get any any more exciting than that. And, you know, the long time that we've since we've been in a semi final, it's. Uh, it's going to be a nerve shredding uh, 24 hours or so before. Yeah, it's been a great sign, I reckon. Obviously, you know, well, a big crowd against uh, Leeds on Sunday and, you know, being outside the bubble in these fairs and, and you know, reaching out with the, the fan van, I think it's great the club have been rewarded with a, you know, big attendance and hopefully, you know, a big uh, semi-final turnout might be the uh, making of the club if uh, it all ends up landing our way. 
Yeah, I was very impressed with Robert Louis and the fan band as well, and he's there, he's singing on the, the speaker there. Just just going back to that, I saw that on the news the other night, and uh, do you remember that song, Robert, they were singing, Salford Reds are coming to get you? I remember they used to play that, the Willows, didn't they, before we came out, we them loud speakers in the North Stand. Because mm. so, uh, I remember Ian Watson said on, on the, the news that he was actually involved in that, you know, singing, like, you know, 20, 20 years ago in 1997, so uh, they, they dug that one out of the Salford Archive, but... Well, yeah, it's been it's been excellent. That I mean, just going back to the, the crowd yesterday you know, for the um, <coughs> excuse me the, the Leeds game, it was a good atmosphere there, and I saw some people there who I've got seen at Salford for a long time, and um, it, you know people are starting to, to to buy into it now, and um, you know if we could win that semi final, you know as we said before, who knows where we can go. Yeah, unfortunately, it was a bit of a bad incident as well. Um, a sort of a fan uh, kind of throwing things at the referee, Childs, and. You know that we don't want that in our sport, and we don't want that in our club, do we, Paul? Really? No, you can't even call people like our supporters, can you? I mean, you can you can blame referees and things like that, but you've got to behave yourself. You've got to behave like an adult, you know, to, to do something like that. It's just it's ridiculous, and I'm sure the club will, will deal with whoever's, whoever's done that, and uh, they won't be allowed to, to come and watch the game again because there's not place for that in any sort of sport, whether it be football, rugby, cricket, you know, whatever. You can't carry on like that in, in, in society. Yeah, but looking at um in sort of investigating the incident, Paul, and uh, trying to sort of a, make a kind of a text service that if you feel like there's a bit of loudish behaviour going on around, you can text this number and that identifies, you know, what's going on and stewards can sort it. I suppose, you know, it's a good thing, obviously, modern day sport, you know, it's a family occasion at the end of the day, Paul, and you don't want, you know, your family being caught up in anything like that. No, no, you don't. And one, one thing I, I've noticed with rugby league is that I used to watch a bit of football years ago. And um, I used to go with a mate watching, it wasn't really football, it was Rochdale and bombing, but we all used to go from school and, and you, you, couldn't, you couldn't take a drink to the terraces there at football, and I don't know if it's still the same now, you had to have your drink on the concourse, you know, where you buy it from, you couldn't take it back to your seats, and that's something we have in, in rugby league, you can take your drink and have your pint there, because I've always thought it's a bit of a different atmosphere at rugby league, it's not quite the same as being at football, and you don't want to lose that, you know, it's different to going to a football match, it's, I don't know, you can, well, years ago you could, you could stand with other people, couldn't you? I think it's, it's a bit different now, you see we get segregated away again. But you know, when I first started watching Rugby League, you could stand with away supporters and, you know, away ground and, and have a bit of a crack with them. And you don't want to, you don't want to ever lose that. I mean, Rugby League is some fantastic people when you go to away games, you know, having a, having a laugh with them. I mean, I remember the Cup game at Unstock last year, we had a, had a great crack with, with their supporters there. And you don't want to lose that. And, if you have like incidents like that, it's really isolated out. I mean, we just want to stamp it out really, don't we? Yeah, and I remember when I started watching Salford, I used to be in the North Stand and my dad and me and all surrounded by away fans every week. And it, like I say, it was good banter. Uh, but obviously, it's times have changed, haven't they? And, you know, the sport want to move on a bit. And obviously, segregation is coming in because we are, can't all stand together, unfortunately. But hopefully, the club will yeah, iron this out and, you know, it won't be happening again. Um, Next bit of news, 15% off home shirts, Paul. Uh, that's great. Uh, the club says it's going well, uh, and it's great that fans are, are getting the shirts ready for the, uh, the semi-final. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the time to, to wear your, your, your colours and your, your shirts, and that's, that's when teams tend to, to sell lots of stuff, lots of merchandise, don't they, for big games like that. We've had many of them you know, in the recent years, so uh, yeah, it's a good idea you know, to, to get, to get the, uh, the shirts on people's backs, so yeah, good work for the club, man. Yeah, I think it's obviously, you know, you're out about in the community, you're wearing shirts, people, you know, recognise, you know, Salford, and it's great, I think, that, you know, 15% off a, of a shirt, shirts are quite expensive, aren't they, really, but if you can get 15% off one, 
uh, it's pretty good. It becomes more affordable for, for everybody then, and more people can go and buy them. Uh, talking about affordable, uh, cast tickets and coach tickets are available as the game on Friday, Paul. Hopefully we'll get a, a big following there. Yeah, certainly, yeah, we usually do. We usually think a good crowd. We've just got our tickets started today, so... Uh so yeah, really looking forward to it. I, I, I like going to Castleford. I know a lot of people probably don't like going there, but we've had some good results there, and you know, especially last season winning there. Obviously, we lost the cup game, but it's one of those grounds. My dad always says to me, it's never changed since like sort of the late sixties when he first started going. It always looks the same. You've got that white fence around the pitch, and it's a, it's a proper old school rugby league ground, and uh, you know you get a really good atmosphere in there. I don't think probably get about five thousand people, and then you've got a fantastic atmosphere. And I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere on, on, on Friday night. You know, under, under the lights at Castlewood and it's, a, it's, another, it's going to be another tough game and uh, we, we need a good following there and uh, we always not normally tend to pack out the old railway in there so it's usually a good atmosphere as well Yeah, it's £20 for adults £12 concessions £15 per person on the coach uh, leaving from Shanders at 4 50 the Royal Sovereign at 5 Eccles Town Hall at 5.15 Dogger Padres at 5.25 and the AJ Bell at 5.45 if you want to buy a ticket or get your face on the coach we go on six one seven eight six one five seven four. So hopefully, Paul, we'll get a big following at Cast, the uh, top of the table clash. Another one. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, get a better result this time. Yeah, I think it'd be a big shot in the arm for us if, if we were to get a result at Castle for the way. I think. Well, I've noticed one thing that the way they've been playing, they've not been sweeping te- teams aside as they were doing earlier on the season. I, I've got a bit of the Wakefield game. Uh, well, I turned it off at half time actually. I watched the first half when Casper scored, I turned it off because I thought I know what's coming here. I didn't watch the comeback, but, uh, but yeah, they, they, they have sort of slowed down a bit. And they've got through the last couple of games, the whole game the week before, I think they got outscored by four in, in tries and they just sort of scraped home. So they are showing, uh, showing chinks in their armour and uh, no, I, I think they're, they're there to be beaten, aren't they? And if we go there with the right attitude, obviously it depends on like getting bodies back now. We've, we've picked up a few injuries this week, but I'm sure we'll go there and uh, give it our all. Yeah, uh, final bit of news. Uh, Junior Sal's been charged with a high tackle grade B. He's got an early, gu- early uh, guilty plea available, Paul, but, you know, it was a bad tackle, so we could be missing for a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah, yeah, he got sentiment for that, so um, I'm not so sure with, with that one, but I'll, I'll be graded, because if you've been sentiment in the game, you've already sort of been penalised once, haven't you? You're going to get banned as well. It's like a, like a double one, I suppose, but I'll be honest, I didn't really... See the incident, I've not seen it since, I've not watched it again, so I've not, I, I only sort of saw it live and I was following the ball, really, so doing a bit of an ass and finger out of saying I didn't see it, but, but yeah, I mean, we know Junior's not, he's not a malicious player, is he, and, uh, you know, hopefully, if, if he is to be banned, it's just, it's just a minimal, I think, grade B's, is it one to two games B, so, um, he could miss the gas on the game, and it looks like we might be down on numbers with, with the injury problems we've picked up, but, uh, yeah, it's another, uh, another bit of a kick in the teeth, that one. But on the flip side, it's with his 100th appearance for Salford. Uh, he put some, in great, some great performances uh, for us in them 100 games and scored some good tries. Yeah, I saw that stat, Robin. Uh, I didn't realise he'd been, he'd been here that long, Junior, so, but he has, he's probably one of our longest-serving serving players now. And, uh, yeah, 100 appearances. Just, you know, he's becoming part of an elite club. If he can get another 100, then he can be in our uh, 200 club, can't he? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, well done, sir, because he's been a good servant to us, Junior, so he's... Uh, He's played, played with like his hundred games. He scored quite a few tries for us as well, and he's one of them players that you know never lets you down. And uh, yeah, he's been a, he's been a good man. He's a good man off the pitch as well, Junior. Yeah, he's always kind of talking to the fans. You know, always loves pictures as well. Always, you know, talk to us, doesn't he? When when we ask him yeah, to. Fans love him, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a great, he's a great lad. And hopefully, you know, we'll next for the next two hundred. Hopefully. 
Yeah, he's a character. He's a, he's a really good character, Junior. We spoke to him a few times. Don't we've been doing the uh, doing the interviews after the game. He's one. He, I mean, all the players have got time for you, but Junior, Junior is, is a really good lad. And you know, just the way he goes around the pitch, shaking hands and with the, with the two of the kids, love him. Don't they? A lot of kids have been so, but you know, Junior Sal is probably their favourite player, isn't he? Uh, and yeah, he's great. And uh, I'm glad we got him tied down on a contract as well, because there's rumours about him going to leave on that last season. There was rumours there. And, I'm glad we've got him tied down because he's a good man to have at the club and a great ambassador for Salford. Yeah, so that's all the news this week and what we'll do now, we'll talk about the defeat against Leeds on Sunday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils went down to defeat against Leeds Rhinos at the AJ Bell Stadium, 50 points to 24, Paul. It was a bit of a strange game. It was, it to be honest with you, the first stop, the open exchanges, I thought we looked quite sharp. You know, when Josh Wood got over the score as a try, and we took a 6 0 lead, and sort of after that, then it was all one way traffic, really. Leeds seemed to, to hit another gear and, and, and blew us away, really. They, they had too much pace for us, and the ball movement was good, they were offloading, and I mean, our defence was, was pretty poor, to be honest with you. I think we got busted up the middle quite a bit as well, and, and you know. No one's really done done that to us this season. I know the cattle on the way. Do you think was that was different circumstances? Really, like with the travel and the, you know, the lack of rest time and the, the heat and what have you. So, so yeah, it was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that at all, really. And uh, it was a bit of a shock to the system. But you know, we, we seem to have this record against Leeds, don't we? Where we can we very rarely beat them, and um, we all seem we all seem to be the ball guys when we play that. Yeah, Salford's lineup was Gaz O'Brien at fullback. Greg Johnson, Chris Welland, Junior Sal, Nile Levels, Robert Louis, Michael Dobson, Lamatazzi, Josh Wood, Craig Cockjack, Ben Murnett Masala, Josh Jones, and at loose forward with Weller Racky on the bench for Salford was George Griffin, Chris Bryan, Olsey Krasnicki, and Ryan Lannan. Um, no Todd Carney again, Paul. For me, not having him on the bench, kind of, you can't really change things. And obviously, Maguire and Moon and Lily were outstanding for Leeds all afternoon. and. I think having Carney on the bench may have been may have allowed Watson to mix it up a bit, but unfortunately he wasn't there, was he? No, but Jordan Lilly was on the bench for Leeds, so they did have have somebody on the bench with their three forwards and, and Jordan Lilly. So if, if you know you do get an injury, at least you can bring someone like him on and shuffle things around. But when you've got four forwards on the bench, if if a playmaker or someone gets injured, then then you're struggling, or even if a winger gets injured, you're struggling a bit. Really, we did pick up a few injuries and. Uh, I could understand where Ian Watson was coming from. Like the week before, he wanted to go big on the bench against uh, Huddersfield, you know, with their big pack, and you know Leeds have got a pretty big pack as well. So I think he wanted to, uh, you know, four big men on the, on the bench there, and with it being a hot day, obviously you've got to do the rotations as well. I mean, you can't expect people like Tarzi and, and, and Messia and you know, the big men, Kopchak and the forwards, to do you know massive minutes in that sort of weather. You've got to rotate them round a bit. So I could understand where he was coming from, but uh, but yeah, Todd Carney, he's not injured. We, we know that he's. he's just not being selected and uh, when he has played the last couple of times he's been pretty good but he's a bit of an headache for Ian at the moment where he fits uh, Todd into the side yeah obviously uh, Logan Tompkins was unavailable so it was a chance for Josh Wood uh, and he took it well a good try early on Paul uh, you know caused by Rob Louis kicked to the corner uh, spilled by the East defender and he was joining the spot to crash over yeah for that first 10 minutes Rob I was you know very pleased. I thought, I thought we came out well and we got that try. And we troubled Leeds with a couple of high kicks there that caused a bit of panic at the back. And you know, it looked like we were getting on top of Leeds there. And Josh, Josh Wood took his uh, took his try really well. And didn't they give us a six point lead? Yeah, obviously at that point Leeds managed to get a foothold in the on in the game. 
Uh, scored a few tries in that first half, didn't they? From Hall and Briscoe and Watkins and Perel and Salford kind of with a bit of pressure from the referee, obviously giving you know a few penalties away there. Uh, we were under the pump, weren't we, for a while? Yeah, they scored six unanswered tries, didn't they? To, to go 36 points to six up and losing Junior Sal to the Sydney after 29 minutes. They scored three tries there in seven minutes when Junior Sal was off from uh, Joel Moon, Jamie Jones, Moon Kind, and Tom Briscoe. And, you know, some of the defending was pretty poor. I thought we got caught out on the fringes a few times with higher levels, you know, sort of coming in and you know, leaving a massive gap there. I think Chris Weller did the, the same thing. I, I don't know whether now we're going for an interception or what, but we got caught out there big time. and that Matt Parcell, the hooker for Leeds, I thought was particularly good. He busts us down the middle a few times. And, you know, guys like Joe Buchanan, you know, he's knocking on a bit now, Buchanan, but he had a decent game yesterday. And the other guy who impressed me was the, the um, substitute, Anthony Malali, I think his name was. We couldn't seem to lay a finger on him. He, you, know, you know, he came on and he just, he just bust us completely. I'd like to see how many line breaks, you know, a tackle bust Leeds made in that game because it must have been embarrassing from our point of view, really. But, but yeah, to go 36-6 down, you know, it's really, a really disappointing first half. Probably the worst first half we've played this season. Yeah, but Leeds are a good side, Paul, I think. And, you know, they're in the same situation as we are. They've got a semi-final to come, haven't they? Um, but they're kind of conditioned to, to play in this kind of uh, pressure cooker atmosphere uh, that, the you know, the t- Super 8s, Top 8, you know, generate. And, you know, I think it's a bit of a learning curve for both Ian Watson and the players to, you know, to see what they're going to have to, you know, reach for the few weeks to come. Yeah, I think they are a good side, Rob, but I think they're, they're the side that have lost seven games this season, Leeds, but I'm sorry, right, they're, they're not the Leeds they were a few years ago, I mean, a few weeks ago they lost the witness, so they are probably, you know, you know, beat them a few times this season, but I think they're hitting the form at the right time, though. I think we caught them, I think that's probably the best they played this season, to be honest with you, and uh, unfortunately probably caught them on that day, but they did, they looked pretty good, I mean, I, I watched them the week before against St. Helens, and you were looking at them, I thought, you know, we've got a chance of beating them now. I wasn't particularly impressed with their pack of forwards, but, you know, they proved me wrong um, on Sunday. They, they came and they just seemed to raise the game and brought, really brought their A game to, to, to the AJ Bell and um, put us to the sword, unfortunately. Yeah, second half started, a try by Ben Burnham-Sal, a good work by Olsey Krasniki and Jones, puts him through the hole and no one's going to stop him from there. No, it was a good try from Mr. that well worked try and... Uh, no, you're, you're exactly right there, Robert. As soon as Ben hits that sort of line from that sort of distance from, from the line, no matter who's in front of him, you're not going to stop him. You know, he'll take three or four of you over the line. He's got such sheer upper body strength. And I think it's his speed and power as well. He just hits the ball so hard. And he's pretty quick as well, Ben. He's like a train running at you. Know? And as soon as he gets that, and uh, Roy Elliott behind me always says it's his uh, clobbering time when uh, Ben Murray gets the ball. It makes me chuckle a lot. But, but yeah, it was a good try from Ben. And, you know, I was speaking to my dad yesterday about, you know, sort of try record in the season for a forward. I know Mike Newman, I think, scored quite a number of tries one season. And I'd like to find out that stat for next week if I can, because, uh, you know, Ben's weighed in with uh, quite a few tries this season and he could be on uh, for, a, for a record season. Yeah, and obviously Salford built a bit of momentum there, Paul. Uh, Michael Dobson uh, dived over a little bit further on in the second half. And, you know, at that point, we had Leeds uh, looking worried, didn't we? We did, yeah. Michael Dobson put a nice kick through for um, Robert Louis as well, which he just couldn't take over the line. It was agonisingly important, Robert Louis. It was unlucky that I think we got pulled back for a forward pass as well from a nice break, and you know it was a bit of a line ball really. And, you know, on another day it could have been 36-18 there, and you know for that first 20 minutes of the uh, of the second half we kept Leeds out, and 
But they, they really took the sting out of the game on the 60th minute, on the hour mark, when Jordan really kicked a penalty goal. That just extended the lead to 38. There were 12 there, and that sort of put, I think it was five scores in front of my matches, right? Five tries in front of me, it just sort of uh, put the game to, to bed, really. But for that, sort of 20 minutes in the second half, we, I'm not saying we were coming back into it, but um, there were signs there that we was uh, we had something in us. Yeah, and then obviously Mullaney uh, scored for them, put under the posts to seal it. Ben Murnabasala got his second try, uh, similar kind of move down that angle and it crashes over there. Second try of the game, Paul, and you know, I suppose it's something to build on for next week against uh, Cass. Yeah, there's always, always positives and negatives you can take out of the game. I think I think he was just disappointed in the, the manner of the defence, really, wasn't he? We've prided ourselves on defence this season, haven't we? And, you know, the last couple of weeks he's been disappointed. There's been, there's been a few few cracks, haven't there, in it, especially at home. We've got losing a few, few ball games now, but... Uh, but yeah, I think you've got a good credit lead. I mean, sometimes you can slag your performance and say, oh, we're rubbish today, referee was rubbish and things like that. And there was a few calls I disagreed with the referee. It was quite disappointed in uh, James Shouts' performance, but I think you've got to give Leeds a bit of credit, you know, as hard as it is to do. But I thought, I thought Leeds were good. And um, yeah, it's just about getting back on it now. And perfect game to get back on it. I mean, it's a tough game away in Castleford, but you know, they're, they're the games that the players uh, will agree for. Yeah, I think referee's performance was a bit... You know, for both sides, it wasn't the greatest. But what you got to remember, though, you know, it's a very difficult job in it, a referee. And you know, physically and mentally, running around making decisions under that kind of like pressure, um, it takes a lot. And for me, yeah, he, he made a few bad calls, but he did for both sides. So it's one of them, Paul. You can't, you can't. I don't think you can pin the blame on the referee's decision. I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm a lead supporter, here, but you, you can't pin the blame on, on the referee. I mean, the referee at the end of the day don't miss tackles, does he? He's. Uh, yeah, he's not making mistakes as he's, he's, he's easy sometimes to point the finger at the referee. I don't think he helped the cause, did he? Uh, losing Junior South to the Simbin, I mean, you couldn't really argue with that, I suppose. It was a bit of an eye tackle. And like I said before, I didn't really, really see it, but from what I've heard and what you told me, perhaps it was the right decision. So, so yeah, I mean, there was a few that I disagreed with. I disagreed with that forward pass, I thought that was poor. And things like that sometimes, you know, you hear supporters say they're even out over the course of a season. And uh, I've always listened to that and you know, thought that at games and perhaps sometimes it doesn't because if you remember back to the, the Leeds away game at Edinley, we lost the game with a real forward pass and I think there's only two people in the stadium that did see that they the touch through so perhaps it doesn't but I said to somebody on Facebook last night that uh, perhaps we might get our day in the sun against Leeds at the end of August so you never know. Yeah, obviously Gaz Walker from the uh, Daily Mirror did a, like a little documentary about um, you know the referees and what they what they do and you know it was quite interesting really because I I used to be kind of like a you know a thing where I used to think referees kind of like manipulated games for you know whatever reason and look watched it watched the video and I thought it's not that they are physically fit and sometimes I think they have to make a decision because they're absolutely exhausted to to, to get you know a, a bit of oxygen in the lungs sometimes for me and. You know, if you get a chance to watch it, it's pretty good. It shows you, you know, what they put with the training is unbelievable, you know, physically and mentally. And, you know, referees are a special breed, aren't they, Paul? And, you know, we need to look after them, really. Yeah, I mean, you probably got to be fit to be a referee. I mean, when you think about it, they do, they do a lot of running about, don't they? I mean, they're running up and down constantly. I mean, I know the players are as well, but they must cover some ground in, in a game, man. But, uh, but, yeah, obviously, if you've not got a referee, you've got no, you've got no game, have you? I mean, I respect for them. I, mean, I don't agree with everything they say and you know some of them get on my nerves sometimes but uh, you've got to look at the bigger picture haven't you I mean today a good referee you don't know what's in the I mean I, I, I always um, like that Phil Bentham I think he's 
you know, referees like him who, who are not really whistle happy and blowing the whistle all the time. I don't really watch select referees, but if you go to that, that Robert Hicks, he's another one, he does seem to be a bit pedantic sometimes. And I think, you know, a decent referee will, will let a game flow, won't he? And, uh, He'll control the game, won't he? He'll lay the law down early on and get the respect to the players. And, and that's all, all you ask for, really, don't you? You just want... I don't want to know who the referee is. It'd be great to not see him in the game. You just want to see the teams, don't you? Just the referee in the background. But I think some of them sometimes are a bit too whistling. But, yeah, I've got the utmost respect for them. And uh, they've, got a, they've got a tough job to do. It's not a job I'd like to do. And sometimes, you know, watching the crowd, it's different because when you watch it on the telly, you've got the benefit of replays and things like that. But you're a referee on the middle of that field there. Everything's happening so fast and the speed of the, of the game these days. I mean, if you look at back to sort of the, the, the late 80s, early 90s, the speed of the game and watch videos of it from then to now, how fast the game is now. And, um, you know, especially with the 10-meter rule as well, it's, it's so quick now with the modern-day game. Perhaps, you know, look at the Australians, they have two referees, don't they? Is that something we, we could look at over here I mean, to, to help each other out? It could be an option. Yeah, I think two referees is the way to go, me. I think making decisions in, in fatigue situations is, is a big thing. And, you know, the referees, it's a tough job for me. And obviously people get angry, you know, because they think it's made the wrong decision. But I forget, only, he only sees it once, doesn't he? And he only sees it at the kind of angle where the referee's at. And a lot, for me, a lot of it is, is uh, all about... You know, like a decision has to be made, and he he, he makes a guess about what he thinks happened rather than what actually happened or what he saw. Uh, but we'll see. You know, it's I suppose it's a, a thing where the referees have to kind of learn, don't they? They watch the videos, don't they, as well? Yeah. So they'll be yeah. able to kind of like you know evaluate what decisions they made and whether they, they think it was right or wrong. And if they get it wrong, they get binned off, don't they, to the, the first division for a week? So I suppose it's that they have that in the back of their mind when they're making these split second decisions, which affects. Of everything, so we spoke to um, Craig Copjack and Chris Wellham after the game um, against Leeds, and this is what they had to say. Right, Chris Wellham has joined me after that defeat. Chris, thanks for coming speaking to me. I know it was an hard one to take. That how do you think? What do you think went wrong there? Was he just a bit too quick for us in that first half? Leeds, it was a sort of a real fast paced one at that first half. It was, yeah. They came out very fast, caught us cold. We didn't, we didn't start good at all. You know, um, our defence was off, uh, and their rollers on the field. You know. Thought was just make 36 wanted points, something like that. Um, so yeah, terrible start, a terrible first start from the full team. Um, you know, we've got a, a rock up our, our backside at half time off Ian Watson. You know, came out in the second half and you know give it a, a lot better, a lot better performance in the first half. It was like you know these people say don't they game of two halves and things like that. And I can't imagine what Ian Watson said to you. I, I don't want you to tell me to be honest, but but yeah, that, that second half. I mean, you took a bit of a bang there on your, on your knee as well. How, how are you how are you feeling? You know, with your knee? Yeah, it's a little bit sore at the minute, uh, but you know we'll see how we go. Wake up tomorrow morning and see how we go. I'll come in for some treatment all week and make sure I'm ready for Friday night and you know the big one after that. I mean, games don't get any easier than you know Castleford now. Is that the perfect game for you guys to bounce back from though? With it being against the top of the league away from home, it, it will be. Yeah, you know this was a, a massive game for us today. You know, second versus third, it could open the gap uh, from us and Leeds. Uh, you know, so we'll play very poor and their, their, their chance today and come up the points. So there's no better way to bounce back than than beating the top of the league. Um, you know, Castle a flying iron playing well. Minute as well, so it'll be another big, a big task on our hands. Yeah. I suppose it's hard for you guys at the moment as well. You, you've got that, I won't say you've got one eye on that semi final, but that's there in the back of your minds as well, isn't it? But these two games against Castlefield and Lee, if we can get two victories from these, I suppose second or third is still up for grabs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's all still to play for. You know, I said there's two games to play, and you know, running behind Leeds now by two points. So if we win both our games, and you know, hopefully Leeds slip up one, we're back into second place. So. I think Leeds play Hull next week as well, so someone's going to lose there and drop points. So it's important that we get back on, on it next week against exactly, Castlefield. Yeah. 
big big games, still got to play each other and um, some, some top teams. So, you know, if we do our job right and um, perform well and just look after ourselves, uh, you know, the table will catch itself on the back of that. Well, good luck next week. Good luck with recovery this week, Chris, and thanks for speaking to us. Cheers, mate. So I'm joined by Craig Copjack. Bit of a disappointing result, that. Yeah, just um, you know, a bit of an off day at the office, kind of say. And uh, yeah, it's, luckily we've got a game Friday, so we can quickly uh, put that behind us and, and look forward. Yeah, building for Castleford, um, another top of the table tie. It's about being in the moment and keeping that performance going. Obviously today was a down step, but you know we can go again, can't we? Yeah, of course we can. Yeah, uh, quite quite a similar side to Leeds, so you know there's not really much we need to improve. We just just need to make sure we make our tackles and. Uh, get back to what we do best really um, so you know we'll freshen up this week and we'll get straight back on it yeah cheers thanks for talking to us in the Denver the detail cheers thank you cheers mate thanks very much so that was Chris Welland and Craig Copjack after the game Paul and both were quite philosophical about the defeat yeah I think they were yeah I mean Chris was I mean I spoke to Chris and he he's really a big Chris actually and um, you know, he, he was really positive about facing Casper and he's had a really good season Chris Weller hasn't he and, he took a real bang on his knee in that, I think it was in the second half, and rolling about in agony on the pitch. So I feared for him a bit, really, because, you know, you don't, this is the kind of time you don't want to be getting injuries now. We've got the big semi final coming up, and uh, he had a bit of a, a strapping on it, so hopefully he'll be alright this week. And yeah, Craig Kopchak as well never lets us down, does he? And uh, I think all the players were disappointed what they had with, with that result. Yeah, both kind of key players for us in our season, uh, Paul and. You know, hopefully, like you say, they'll be able to bounce back after that defeat against Leeds. And, you know, you don't want injuries to keep, you know, our progress inhibiting our ways, in a way. No, no, I think, you know, if, if things are going to go wrong now this season, which is every Salford fans sort of fear, really, I suppose, isn't it? After, after the good times that we've had this year, you just want that, that roller coaster to keep going, that train to keep going. Don't you don't want it to get derailed now. And the biggest fear for me, being a supporter, is. His injuries, I think, and I know we've had a fair share this season. People don't always go on about our injuries. Oh, watch this guy again. I don't really watch a lot of this guy rugby anymore, but you know, it's a Wigan on there and St. Helens and they'll Castleford or whatever. They'll highlight their injuries a bit more than, than ours. And I think we've had a fair share this season, but to be honest, up to now, we've not really had key players. We've been able to swap things around and bring players in, but I was at Chris Bryan walking out on, on Sunday. He looked in He's on crutches there. He's, I, I don't know a lot of the time now. Things can look worse than what they are because everything's done for precaution, and it's so hopefully it won't be as bad as first feared. But you know, a few there's a few players out, out now. So um, so yeah, we've not got the biggest squad in the world. I think the thing is with us, well, we've not got a reserves. We've not got an under 19. So it seems like Wigan and Leeds, they'll have a crop of youngsters there that are battle hardened and, and are ready to go. Whereas we've not really got that now. So. Like we just going back to that Manu Batavai before, we're desperate for, for players, so it's good to, to get him on board. And uh, and yeah, we might be a bit bit low on numbers in the next few weeks, but we'll have to just uh, battle through. But it's an opportunity for our kind of fringe players to you know make a, make a claim for the semi final and the, and the top eight spot. Obviously, you know with injuries starting to bite, you know them boys might come in and uh, you know make a difference. Yeah, certainly we've got some good lads there. I mean, you know, Daniel Murray was very unlucky to not be in the inside on, on Sunday. He's only missed out because somebody filled the team sheet in wrong, I think. Or some, there was some mix-up anyway. So you've got him banging on the door. You've got the likes of Conor Williams there. He's been on two reds at Halifax. I think he, he's still with us, Conor, isn't he? Uh, Jordan Wall and hopefully Adam Wall is back soon. I'm not saying Adam's a fringe player because he's, he's been very good this season, but you've missed it. Um, we've missed Lee Mossop as well. I don't know whether he's going to be out from the season. Again, not a fringe player, but 
So like Sir Josh Wood, now he, he's got his new contract and I thought he did really well, so he's gonna have a big say on things. You've got Liam Bent as well and anyone else who I've missed out. You've got players there who are standing by, Jake Bibby as well, who's been on, on due reg at Halifax. I thought he was a bit unlucky, Jake, really. I mean, he played well at St. Helens, I thought, and since then he's, he's, he's been, you know, set out on loan. So hopefully he'll be back in, well, I'm sure he'll be back in there on, on Friday against Castleford. But, but yeah, you've just got to go with what you've got now, Rob. Yeah, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game in Colty's Corner, and this is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson joined me after that, that defeat. What, what do you make of that first half? Were Leeds good? Yeah, Leeds were outstanding. I thought they've kind of taught us a lesson today in how you how you play top level rugby and um, it's something we've got to learn our lessons from and can kind of past history shows that we will learn our lessons from it as well and kind of the belief I have in the group is we will learn our lessons um, so it's up to us to fix up going to Castleford next week for me being a supporter looking from like the, the stands it's like our first contact seemed a bit a bit off today and, you know we're getting brushed off in defence obviously that's something you're going to work on yeah yeah def- def- defence is everything if, you, if you can, you're willing to defend and you want to defend you'll win games I just don't I thought we turned up with the wrong attitude today in that first half we weren't ready to defend is there anybody like being contention for next week have we got anybody body, bodies back I know there's a few oh, players out injured, but it's the same for everybody, I suppose. Yeah, every, every, every team has injuries. It's kind of your squad, and I know we're probably one of the smallest squads in Super League, but we've done real well to kind of keep the majority of our guys fit. And yeah, we've got a few with niggles now, and hopefully, yeah, a couple might come back. Um, but we're unsure on that. We'll see where we are tomorrow morning. Chris Wellham looked like he took a real bang on his knee there, but credit to him, he stayed on there and, and he fought through that. It looked like you were going to bring Nisilla on to replace him, but you know, he's yeah. young in there. And well, we thought Chris was coming off at first, but well, I thought Chris was kind of outstanding. He had a real dig today for us as well there's a couple of other guys who had a real dig as well and it's up to us collectively as a group and as individuals to make sure that we turn up with that right attitude to defend Casper away next games don't get any easier do they? but that's the sort of game you guys will want now yeah. to bounce back won't it look this is everyone said it's kind of a new experience for us being up there at the top end of the table and yeah we've, we've got young players in there and who will be better from the experience of learn on the run and learn very quickly as well and that's the key for us going to Castle with Castle going to be a top game for us as well it's on a Friday night um, and we'll need to control um, our defence better than what we did today you told me when we played Castle at home that you had a, a plan for Castle for that day I mean you're not going to tell me what it was but will you be will you be focusing on certain things in the, in the way they play oh, the, I think the big one for us will be about getting back to how we do things and how we defend more so than looking at Cast this week it'll be a little bit about us so we'll, we'll try and get ourselves back right before we look at Cast probably potentially on this one Best of luck next week and thanks for speaking to me today. So that was Ian Watson in coach's corner and he was a bit disappointed about the result. Yeah, he certainly was disappointed. I mean, we've had a couple of um, defeats like that recently at home and it hurts the end, doesn't it? You know, any time we get beat, but I think we weren't expecting that yesterday. I, I certainly wasn't and I don't think Ian was as well. You know, he's obviously going to be hurt if we lose it by 50 at home. Especially against Leeds after the, the way we lost at their place. I know he wanted to target that game as, as one to win. So I'm sure we'll have the players switched on this week though and uh, they'll be looking to put things right on some uh, Friday against Cass. Yeah, it's a learning curve for him and the players, Paul, I think, in this uh, you know, this top eight start to play, reaching, you know, that intense level week in, week out, both for him and the players. You know, if we can do that this season and we've finished in the top eight next season, it's kinda of about building momentum in it end of the day and you know, I think he'll take a lot from that repeat. I think so, Rob. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've come a long way, haven't we? If you, well, Ian, as a coach, you know, from where when he took over and how he went on last season, and it's, it's totally new for him this season. You know, these sort of games. I think, you know, the St. Helens away game, all right, we got beaten. It was a, it was a real bit of pill to swallow, but I think Ian will, will take a lot from that, you know, and it's experience from him as a coach. But let's, let's not forget, Ian's 
you know, serving the apprenticeship at Salford under uh, under Tim Sheath and and then, and then took over. And he, he's um, he's not been in a job that long, has he? I think it's two years. We'll probably speak about after. And he, from where he's come from, when he took over, he's, he's never really coached anybody else, has he? At the, at the lower level, I think he might have done a bit of swim, but he's got to find his feet, and I think he has done. I mean, he's done a tremendous job, and he's only going to get get better as a coach. And I mean, if you'd have said to, to us at the start of the season. Oh, I said to you off air before, didn't If we don't win another game from now until the end of the season, all right, you're really disappointed. But we'll have still done miles better than what we did last season. So um, I think you've got to give Ian a lot of credit. And, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he'll turn things around and uh, go again on Sunday, um, Friday, if you say Sunday, Friday. Yeah, I suppose that he expected, he expected levels higher now than it was yeah. at the beginning yeah. of the season. That's, that's the thing you see now, because we're thinking we're second or third in the league now. We're looking up rather than down, aren't we? And it's a different that mindset change, and you know it's a, it's a thing that you know the players and the club and us fans are going to have to kind of get used to uh, and adapt if we're, we're going to move on as a as a club. Um, looking at our big big thanks for uh, your big three word match reports and man of the matches for all our listeners, uh, Chairman Bob, uh, awful, um, Andy Steele, hair dryer treatment required, uh, Sai, um, rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. And his man of the match was uh, James Child, but we've, we've talked about James Child. I don't think it was too bad. Uh, Colin Reynolds, uh, were, we were awful. His man of the match was uh, Ben Mern at Masala. He was, uh, you know, a shining light in that, that performance, Paul. Yeah, you're going to start getting hate mail about Robson and James Child. did all right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. No, no. <laughs> no um, yeah. What was the question again? Ben Mern at Masala did okay. But still, yeah, he scored two good tries, though. Yeah, he. It was like, it's a hard game, isn't it? I suppose, to, to give a man of the match when you've got beaten by that many. I, I, for me, I thought Michael Dobson worked really hard. I mean, you could probably say he gave managers who wasn't the best, but he was playing behind a beaten pack, really, and Pat got totally dominated by Elise. I thought Alty did well, you know, filling in for, for, for Chris Bryan, and I thought he had to do a lot of work again at, at Hooker. And, uh, yeah, it's probably really hard to, to pick a man of the match on a, on a day like that. Yeah, bounce back, Rick says, bounce back Friday. His man of the match was Ben Murnett Masala. Uh, Trace. Uh, try harder boys Her man of match was Ben Burnett Masala Ian Mello we go again uh, Andy Lancashire not at the races his man of the match was Ben Burnett Masala Kate Reynolds not our day um, Wyle the water boy um, and Rolf says that we were rubbish uh, and Andrew Martin says wake up call but I suppose you know you get beat in a game like this Paul you know it's an opportunity to grow you, you can't you always take more out of a defeat than you do a victory sometimes and you know I think that's the case uh, on Sunday yeah, I think one thing you, you get to that time of the year now where things like Leeds, Wigan, St. Helens, you know, you can't say words in this year because they're struggling a bit, but these sort of teams are sort of battle hard and Castle was another one in, in these three sort of situations, aren't they? We've never finished in this, this top eight. And these teams haven't, they know when to, they seem to click and they seem to find that, that extra gear, don't they? And that's something we've got to work. We've got to push on to now, innit? We're used to, to being at the, the other end of the table. So, so yeah, just going back to supporters, you know, supporters' expectations will get raised, won't they? I mean, if you've not been watching Salford that long and you've been there this season, and you, you're expecting us to win every game now, but you know, you know people like yourselves who've, who've been going a long time, you're used to, you get used to disappointments. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't completely shocked on, on, on Sunday. I mean, you expect those, those kind of performances every now and again. We've seen loads of them over the years, especially against Leeds as well. It seems to be a real bogey team. But, uh, but yeah, after the season we've had, you know, you, know, you expect us to do better than that. I think 
I suppose looking at it, Paul, you know, looking at the top eight to come, you know, the likes, like I said, of Wigan and Saints and Leeds, they, they've been there, they've done it, and where they might be running at kind of 75% capacity because they're conditioned to kind of, you know, peak, to reach their peak in a, in a grand final or a Challenge Cup final. Where, where are we in that, in that uh, capacity? Are we running at 85, 90? Have we got more juice in the tank? Uh, to go to that next level in, in the top eight. So that's going to be the, the big question for me in, in these next eight weeks. Have we got enough juice in our tank to, to test the likes of Wigan and Leeds? Yeah, well, it, well it, like I said, Andrew's going to play a big part. And he's, that's where his squad comes into play. And, you know, we've not got the biggest squad in the world. I don't want to sound, you know, downbeat now to, 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 to the podcast and that like misery and that, but that's where, you know, it could come into play. One thing that worried me a bit today, got me to get expressed this morning, and on the front, one of the headlines was um, Wigan closing on the top four. And I thought to myself, Wigan, you find a bit like that, and I look at the table, and they're not, and they've got 21 points, and just won the last two games, and you forget, don't you? Teams sort of come up on the rails, don't they? St. Helens are there, like, breathing down our necks now as well, aren't they? So, uh, so yeah, it's got to be tough, and I think when you go into that Super 8s after the semi final, you play playing seven games there. They're all going to be tough games, aren't they? You're playing sides that are in and around. There'll be no sort of... I don't think there's any Jimmy James in Super League anyway, to be honest. But uh, you're going to be playing Leeds again, Wigan again, Saints again, Castleford again, Wakefield. They're going to be really tough games, aren't they? And like I said, that's where your squad comes into play. And hopefully, if we can just manage these injuries and have a bit of luck with injuries and keep people fit, and, you know, Vatavai um, comes in and you know he could be a major signing for us and that could help us out, but yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's worrying times, but, you know, it's, it's trapped yourself in time now, isn't it? Mm, I suppose it's all about dealing with the pressure, and obviously, we had the, the million-pound medical pressure of, of last season, it's a different kind of pressure in the top eight, but, you know, it's all about embracing it, and being a being a positive influence rather than a negative one for me. Yeah, of course it is, yeah, and yeah, let's embrace it, because like I said before, we've not been in this top eight before, it's easy now to get down beat the car, Know, to Leeds again like we do every season by 50 points blah 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 but we're not we're still in the cup we're second sorry we're third in the table in the Challenge Cup semi-final if you look at the pictures Leeds play uh, Hope on Friday I think it is or whenever it's this weekend if Hope were to win that game and we were to beat Cass I know it's a, a big hit but if we were we'd be back in second place in the table so there's a fair chance we're going to finish in the top four before the season splits and I know I keep reading people saying oh we're going to be in the top four that top four doesn't mean anything it's the top four after that Super 8. You can finish fourth now and you don't get nothing for that. You've got to be in that top four come, um, come the end of the Super 8 if we, if we want to progress to the, to the round final, obviously. But, but yeah, there's a lot of rubber to be played, but there's a lot to be positive about. We've had a really good, solid season up to now and uh, there's still all to play for. Yeah, who was your man of the match for the game against Leeds, Paul? As I mentioned before, I, I thought Michael Dobson worked really hard and his, his effort was, was there for all. He was trying things even until, until the last few minutes. But I'm just going to wait for Olsie Krasniki because I thought Olsie worked really hard again. Um, and he had to do a lot of hooker again when Chris Barney went off. So uh, I'll, I'll go for Olsie. Yeah, I'm thinking Krasniki or Chris Wellen thought he played well uh, on Sunday. But I'd say one of them games, I suppose, you've got to build on it. You know, put it to the back of your mind and, and keep going forward looking... Uh, to the forward to the game against Castleford on Friday night so that was the review of the Leeds game and what we'll do now we'll look what our amateur sides did this week with Paul and then preview the game against Castleford on Friday Right, this week's amateur report 
I've not got my washing machine on this week, so it might be a bit quieter. I did notice last week that my, uh, my report sounded a bit like I was doing it in a laundrette, so I've decided to turn the washer off and the tumble dryer this week, so it's, so it's a bit quieter. But I'll start off in the National Conference Leagues. In the Conference Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield came up with a good result on Saturday. They beat uh, Lee Minor Rangers by 26 points to 12, leading 12-0 at half-time. Wayne English there, former Swinton and Rochdale Hornets, uh, full-back stroke winger, scored two tries in that win, so a good win for Rochdale Mayfield that cements their place in the top four in the Premier Division. They're just a point behind Wathbrow now who lie in third and two points behind Thato Heath Crusaders who are second Sidall are seven points in front of Mayfield they're top of the National Conference Premier with 13 wins from their 15 games so far this season so they're having an excellent season moving on to Division 2 it was a miles better performance this week from Salford City Roosters who again only had 15 players to, to count on in their match against Saddleworth Range but they took the lead in that game and were winning 14 points to 10 at half time tries from Harrison Barnett Damola Ian Leia and Tom Smith, whose subsequent departure through injury was really seminal in that game. And Paul Morgan also scored a try. One of those was improved by, by Ben Wheeler. Saddleworth, though, just had a bit too much for, uh, for Salford Roosters in the second half. They finished off winning the game by 38 points to 18. But a great uh, performance there from the Roosters. I'm sure they'll be on the up this weekend in their game this weekend against Wigan St. Jude, which we'll talk about in a second. Moving on to Division 3. It was a bad defeat for Waterhead Warriors. They went down 60 points to nil away to Barrow Island. And uh, Oldham St. Anne's were also and they lost 24 points to 14 at Stanley. So the fixtures for this weekend, there's just uh, two in the leagues. Division 2, Saturday the 15th of July, Salford City Roosters and St Wigan St Jude's. And in Division 3, sorry, there's two fixtures in Division 3. I need my glasses on. Oldham St Anne's versus Dewsby Celtic and Waterhead Warriors versus Gateshead Storm. It's the RF Challenge Trophy quarterfinals on Saturday. There's one of our local sides in action. It's Wigan St Patrick's against Saddleworth Rangers. The other three ties are East Leeds against Hunslet Club, Club Parkside. Bit of a derby match there. And Milford Marlins against Inns Bridge and West Hull against Thato Heath Crusaders. Well, it was a good week in the Northwest Men's League for our local sides. We, we had some good results. We start off in Division 1. Folly Lane had an excellent win. They beat Pilkington Rex A by 22 points to 12. In Division 2, Leyland Warriors 28, Manchester Rangers 32, Rochdale Mayfield A50, Wigan St. Jude's A12. In Division 4, Manchester Rangers A4, Little Hulton Reds 40, and in Division 5, Bolton Mets 10, Berry Broncos A30. There's not many fixtures to tell you about this weekend. Uh, these games will be played on Saturday the 15th of July. It's the North West Men's League Trophy semi-final between Leyland Warriors and Oldham St. Anne's. And there's one fixture in Division 4, that's Langworthy Reds against Runcom. Right, well, the Student World Cup got underway this week with games starting on, on Friday. The results so far that we've got in Group A, the Pacific Islands 48, Ireland 4. This was a Friday game. Group B, Scotland 48, Wales 18. The Cross Group, England 10, Australia 54. And then the games were played on Sunday. Australia won again on Sunday. They beat Pacific Islands 68 points to 16 in Group A. In Group B, Wales 4, England 22 to get England off the mark. And the Cross Group, Ireland 24. Four, Scotland 38 the fixtures for this week the game, there's some games on Wednesday some Friday some Sunday on the Wednesday in Group A Australia play Ireland Group B on Wednesday England play Scotland the cross group Pacific Islands play Wales Friday the 14th of July is the World Cup semi-finals and the 5th versus 6th place playoff and Sunday the 16th of July will be the student World Cup final that will be played at Pepper Stadium in Penrith the Armed Forces World Cup is also taking place at the moment and these are the results so far in 
On Friday the 7th of July we got underway. Australia beat New Zealand by 64 points to 8. Fiji 40, UK Armed Forces 20 and on Sunday Australia beat the UK Armed Forces by 38 points to 12 and Fiji beat New Zealand by 40 points to 6. So two wins for Australia, two for Fiji. The fixtures this week, Wednesday the 12th of July, Australia play Fiji, New Zealand play the UK Armed Forces and then on Friday the 14th of July, third versus fourth play playoff and the UK Armed Forces will play New Zealand in that as they can't qualify and the final it's already been decided even though there's still two games left the final will be Australia against Fiji and that will be at the Pepper Stadium in Penrith on Sunday the 16th of July Finally this week we'll have a look at the North West Youth Leagues there's quite a lot of cup action this, this week in the North West uh, Youth League um, Salford City Roosters under 17s Distraught, they went down 25 points to 20 in their cup final against Hindley. So bad, bad luck there to Salford City Roosters under 17s. They've had an excellent season so far and did really well to get to that final. And were just pipped by Hindley, 25 points to 20. In the plate final of the under 16s, Rochdale went down to Hindley. Again, Hindley there beating our local side. They, they beat Rochdale by 32 points to 16. In Division 2 of the under-16s, Burtonwood 16, South Trafford 32. Excellent win there for South Trafford. And in the under 13, some good news in this one. Not for Real Rochdale Mayfield. They were beating again. Hindley, real fine in our size this week. They beat the uh, Rochdale Mayfield under-13s by 54 points to nil. Oldham St. Anne 6, Black. Brook Blues 16 but there was an excellent result for Langworthy Reds under 13s they won away from home 16 points to 14 at Wigan St Patrick's Elijah Wood and George Galbraith they bagged early tries another excellent move sent Josh Higgins racing to the line before half time Brandon Hayes with a smart kick finding Josh Campbell for Langworthy's fourth try all the tries were unconverted but an excellent away win away to uh, to Wigan St Patrick's there for Langworthy Reds so congratulations to everybody there and thanks to, for Paul Croft for sending me the information in Division 3 of the under 13s Bellevue B6 Wollstone Rovers 70 Lee Minor Rangers Goals 24 South Trafford 34 Another good win for South Trafford They've been uh, been going really well this season So the fixtures for this weekend All these games are going to be played on Sunday The 16th of July In the Youth League In the Under 18's Premier Division It is Oral St James versus Oldham In the Under 18's Division 1 is Leyland against Waterhead In the Under 16's Division 1 Dalton play Oldham Saddleworth play Caddyshead And Waterhead play Blackbrook In the Under 16's Division 2 Folly Lane play South Trafford And Rochdale play Thato Heath and in the under 13s Premier Division it's Oral St James versus Waterhead under 13s Division 1 Ashton Bears Blacks versus Oldham St Anne's Newton Storm versus Rochdale Mayfield and Division 2 of the under 13s it's Latchford Giants against Langworthy Reds Saddleworth Rangers against Charlie Panthers and finally in Division 3 of the under 13s it's Leyland Warriors against Bellevue Bees and South Trafford Raiders against Ashton Bears Goals that's all I've got for you this week Bad result for Salford, but I'm sure we'll put that right on Friday against Castleford Tigers at Weldon Road. I'll see you all there. for Red Devils take on Castleford Tigers at the Menderhose Jungle on Friday night Paul first v third it's going to be a big game yeah it certainly is and um, I think I don't think Castle have lost at home this season I know they've lost three games I'm pretty sure they were away so they're being at home and they play some good rugby and especially especially there at Weldon Road they, they've been mustered I mean seeing a few of their games on Sky and they like to they like to move the ball don't they and, and entertain and 
was listening to the guys on Sky, they, they, they love Newcastle, don't they, a bit, but the uh, home game we played against them, I thought we really did a job on them at home. Ian Watson got his tactics right, so hopefully he'll, uh, he'll have a, a similar sort of result this, this Friday. Yeah, obviously, they've got some quality players. Mike, Mike Shenton, uh, Greg Eden, uh, Zach Hardacre, you know, they're full of class, aren't they? Uh, and that's why they're called class, classy cast, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I, I particularly like that second row man, that Matt Meekin, I think his name is Mike Matt Meekin. He's a, he's a good player, every time I've watched him on the telly, I think he's he's going to be up there in the England squad from, from what I've seen and, and read about, so he, he's very highly thought of. And, you know, Grant Millington as well, he, he looks sort of a nothing player in but he played at half-back, I think, against us last year in the Cup and did a job, but he's normally a prop forward. So, And, and also uh, Andy Lynch, you know, how many games has he played? He seems to have been around forever. So they've got some tough forwards there as well. And like you said, Zach Ardake, Michael Shepard, Greg Eden, Greg Minikin, the backs are good. Ben Roberts at half-back and uh, Luke Gale has been, has been good this season. So they've got they've got quality all over the, all over the field, really. But, um, but yeah, so we, I'm, I'm expecting a really tough game against Castle and probably have one of our tests of the season. Yeah, Luke Gale and Ben Roberts, they're going to be, you know, in a battle between Rob Louie, Michael Dobson and possibly Todd Carney as well. You know, after the performance against Leeds, do you bring Carney in or not, Paul? I think he's got it, though. I think he's got to come in now. I mean, especially with the, the players that we're going to have missing as well. We're going to have people injured. And, I mean, Todd Carney is a, is a good player, isn't he? He's a, he's a class player. And to have him in the, the stands now, I think he's a bit of a waste. I think you've got it. You've got to find a way for him to be in the team. I think at least having him on the bench and he's there as an option. Then you know if you need to, to change things around, it's no use usually being in the stand. He needs to be at least on the bench. So uh, I think I'd put him on the bench this week definitely. And uh, just going through our squad, though, I mean I've got about Castleford there, loading loading their players. I think we've got a place to match him. You know, man for man, I think our players are just as good as theirs. You know, if you look at the, the guys in the in the forwards there, Paul McShane and uh, Adam Mill and the people like that, you know. Nathan Massey, they know they're no better than the players we've got, so um, they play with a lot of confidence and they're very well coached. And uh, the style of rugby that they play is good, and they've got two good halfbacks. But I think if you can get amongst them like Wakefield did on, on Thursday night, Wakefield uh, sort of did a job on them in that first half, and obviously they fell away. But I think you can you can definitely uh, definitely match them. Yeah, I suppose we've beaten them at home, haven't we, already in this yeah. season? And you know, I suppose the players will remember that, won't they? And they knew that it was there was a cunning plan that Ian Watson set up, and you know, it, it turned out all right. We won the game, and I'm sure you know the same kind of plan planning away from home, we can get a result. That game to me was all built on defence, wasn't it? I mean, you look at Cass this season; they've, they've, they've torn a lot of teams apart and, and scored scored many points and uh, the highest scores in the division. But I think that game against us, I think that's the least amount of points they scored in the game. Thirteen, twelve, it was, wasn't it? Our defence was absolutely outstanding that day. You know, Casper threw a lot at us and we soaked it up and we, we definitely uh, did a job on, on the halfback with Gale. So, so yeah, we, we beat them once already this season. Robin, you know, I don't see why we, we can't beat him again, definitely. But it's, it's, it's going to be a very hard game, but it's a game I'm looking forward to and I can't wait for Friday. Yeah, won the last uh, three league games as well. Paul, yeah. we, we might be Castle's bogus, are they? Might be thinking, so for a devil's come into town, might be the one that, that you know, slips away from us. Yeah, well, we're not mucks, Rob, are we? We're not third in the table for nothing. We've had a good season. We've played some, some good performances, had some, some excellent away wins already this season. We've got 54 points, I think it was, 54 at Hull, and, you know, we, we won really well at Warrington and Wigan, so we've we beat some big sides away from home this season, some, some, some good teams as well, so uh, it was sort of eight minutes away from an excellent win at St. Helens, so, so we, we proved we can mix it with the best this season, definitely, and uh, I, I wouldn't let Sunday... 
sort of dampened the spirits of the support and the spirits of the team. You know, it was a bad defeat against Leeds, but let's put that to bed now. And uh, we've got the confidence in our side, you know, on the day to beat anybody. Yeah, I think it's another intensity tester for me, Paul. Obviously, Cass being top of the league, riding high, you know, they'll be full of confidence. And if we can match them, Paul, intensity-wise, you know, it's it's a good sign for things to come for me, especially with the top eights around the corner. Yeah, definitely. Going to going to Weldon Road on Friday night, there's going to be times in that game where you have to weather a storm. Uh, Cass are really going to throw a lot at you. They've got a partisan crowd behind them as well. So there's going to be times there where you have to defend your line, you have to dig in for each other, and you have to put the hard graft in because they will throw a lot at you. And you know, that crowd get behind them there. It's natural. Referees will give them decisions and, and things like that. So, to me, the same moment to Wigan, same moment to, to Warrington. You get them spells in the game, don't you? Where the team just seems to throw the kitchen sink at you. So, there's going to be points in the game where we're going to scramble like mad, aren't we? And really put, put the effort in if we're going to get anything out of this game on, on Friday. We've proved we can do that though this season. We, we, we did that at Wigan really well. And, and like I said before, at Hull and, and other games. So, and the Huddersfield away game was another one. Which was impressive. So, uh, so yeah, we've got the capabilities, Rob. It's just, uh, it's just about carrying it out on the night. Yeah, give us your score prediction for the game against Catball. I've not done it yet. Nope. <laughs> oh, you can't. You know, I'm not going to have to make it up, Paul. You'll have to make this one up rather than right now. I know, now. I will do, yeah. Bingo with you. <laughs> I think a close game, and well, my heart says a close game. Uh, I'll say 26. 18 to 26-18. Last week, I went 50. Got it. They got the team wrong, but the score was right. But I put that one in. What a <laughs> <laughs> So... <laughs> I know. Uh, so what I'm going to do this week, I'm going to go Salford will play Castleford away. Castleford, uh, 16. Salford, 35. 35-16 away win. Happy with that? Loving that, bro. Loving that. Yeah, got a feeling, got a feeling. It might be just on me for that semi final if that comes up as well. <laughs> got a feeling, it might be wind, but I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling it could be, <laughs> it could be a, it could be a, it could be our night. 24 hours a day. Radio contact. So, a couple of things before we go. Um, Ian Watson celebrates two years in charge of Soul for Red Devils, Paul. It's been, you know, a very, very good performance so far in this two years. By him. Yeah, as it's been a real progress from, from Ian Watson, you know, steady progress as well, hasn't it? If you go from the way he came in, he had a lot to deal with, didn't he, in that first season in 2015. He got us, he navigated us through that, that middle eights, and last season he had an awful lot to deal with, didn't he, with the points deduction and things like that. And last season we would have been in the top eight without that deduction, so he made progress there. And this season, you know, now he's, he's done a great job, hasn't he? He's totally changed everything around, and as I've said, I've said it, I think I've said it nearly every week now, but about the little stat I keep coming up with about the, the 14 of the million pound game is still there, you know, 14 and 17, so it's not been wholesale changing. What he's done with this group of players is pretty uh, outstanding, really. Him and Willie Poaching is, is doing a great job, and Matt Ingleson. Yeah, I suppose he's building a culture in here at the club, Paul, and you know, you know, it's a big wraps from us because obviously, you know, you need a steady hand in, in, in this situation we find ourselves in, and you know, he's doing great things. He's our best. Um, Sort of coach winning has a winning ratio of 53.8% uh, in the top flight, which is our best in about 25 years or something like that. Paul, it's, it's pretty really good for me, and uh, you know, it's a good sign. He's, got, he's a good coach, and uh, obviously, getting his contract signed up, you know, it's only going to be good things to come. Yeah, certainly. I think he's a good coach, Robert. I think he's, he's a good bloke as well. He's a good person, and um, if you speak to the players and that, they all have 
huge amounts of respect for, for Ian. And, and just the, I think he commands respect. He, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's not a big head. He's not sort of one of them you know struts around that sort. But he, he comes in. He's very hard working. He does his he does his job, and uh, you know you can only admire him really. And you feel sort of a support. I think you feel safe knowing Ian Watson's in charge. And I mean we've had coaches in the past that you've not really. But I've not really had much, much confidence in him, really. And, you know, Carl Allison was a big favourite of mine, and in a way, Ian Watson reminds me of Carl. He's so well respected amongst the rugby league community. And, you know, as a player, he, he never let anybody down. He was a fantastic ambassador for many clubs, Ian Watson, in the, in the local area. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just, just pleased he's got a new contract, and I, I love it if he was to play charge of our club in, in years to come. Yeah, and he's, he's great. Uh, obviously, you got other good coaches on that list as well. Andy Gregory, like you said, Kyle Harrison, they were between sort of 30% and 40% win percent in the top division. And, you know, I suppose it's, it's a good sign. Ian Watson cleared at 53% at the top. You know, hopefully, continues to build, get some more players in, and who knows, he could be up to sort of 56% if he keeps uh, the run going. Yeah, he's doing a marvellous job, man. He's doing a marvellous job, and it's, it's just been a steady progress. If you, if you grab that one of them graph things, you'd probably see it just slowly rising, wouldn't you? I mean, the, the way, way it's taken us, and uh, yeah, it, it's exciting. You know, he's got a massive game at the end of this month, and if he can get through that one and get us to Wembley, he really would go down in Salford history. I mean, I think he's already an hero to us all anyway, but he could be a super Salford hero if he can take us to Wembley. Yeah, next one we've got is uh, we played our 500th Super League game uh, against Leeds. Uh, we've won 165, we've drawn 8, and we've lost 327. Uh, we've had a bit of a roller coaster ride in them uh, 500 games, haven't we, Paul? Yeah, we certainly have. I mean, I thought we'd have drawn more than 8. I think that's. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. I think we're going to uh, draw 3 this season. We've only drawn 8 in sort of 20 years, so uh, I think we should challenge the, the listeners to name them 8. We had a goal yesterday that we had try to name the 8 draws. But, uh, but yeah, we, we just showed you there, we, I mean, we've struggled a bit in Super League, haven't we, at times, you know, the amount of defeats we've had there, but we've had some good days, haven't we, and uh, this season's been, uh, been been enjoyable, we've, we've been able to enjoy some away trips and that this season, haven't we, whereas in the past we've had some, some items away from home, but we've, we've dished a few out this, this time ourselves. Yeah, I suppose if you can name the eight draws in our 500 Super League games, tweet us at, at DITDSRD or put it on our Facebook page and we'll announce the winners uh, next week. Have them uh, 500 Super League games, Paul. What, any particular favourites jumping out for yourself? Um, I wrote five down before. I think you wrote five. Down yeah. Before, didn't you? But it was off the top of my head, head really. I mean, just scanning through the little scorebook. I, I picked two in '97 that were, were sort of my. These are my favourite games. They're not necessarily the best games, but other people might disagree with. But these were games that stuck out in my mind. The Saints game at home in '97, we beat St. Helens 39-26. I think we got revenge on there after. They knocked us out in the, the cup, Challenge Cup semi-final and they, they just got to Wembley and they were one of the best sides in the country at the time and we put them to the sword that night. Gary Broadbeck scored an hat-trick and it was a tremendous display. Another one from that season, we beat Wigan at home 14-4. Ian Watson and Steve Blakely that night were, were tremendous again under the floodlights and so on. It's just one that always sticks out in my mind, that one. And uh, Warrington away 2002, the 22-2 uh, victory. I mean, it was one of those games we had to go there to, to keep our... Super League status and the Super League dream alive and, and win that game. Eventually, we, we, we did get relegated anyway. It was uh, all for nothing, but that was, a, that was a great display, great away night. Uh, Saints at home in 2006. I know we lost that game 12-10, but I think that's one of the best games I've ever been to. 
Uh, it was an absolutely tremendous match. St. Helens, I thought, one of the best sides in the world at the time. I think they won the World Cup, Challenge Cup. They won the league, they won everything. They had some great players. And I think on the night, I think Jamie Lyon, what a tremendous player he was. He was just the difference between us. But we did an absolute brave performance that night. It's a game where my heart was pounding at the end. It was just a super match. Uh, finally, I've gone for Hull away this season. Who uh, was one of my favourites. 58 points away from home at home. Just not, not for the fact that it was a great win, but I think it's the, the amount of away games I've been to at home where we've got battered. <laughs> and I, split, I remember the 82 point one, you know, in, in 2004. And just, just the amount of time I've been away to home, it's like one drive away, then you get absolutely annihilated. But to go there and dish out 54 points, and then it was like a nice, nice refreshing change, if you know what I mean. Yeah, obviously loads of uh, great memories. I'm talking about the Warrington one in 2002. Remember that, Alan running 100 yards um, and going over the line. I lost my glasses when he got to about the 20 metres. I know I've got problems with my glasses at the moment. They keep breaking on me, don't they, Paul? Um, but my glasses fell up when he got to the 20. Um, and then obviously I looked up and sort of blurred Alan Hunt about an hour 20 and just forgot about my glasses at that point. Um, he goes crashing over in the corner. Everyone starts jumping around. Um, obviously I'm rooting for looking for my glasses and then some guy just reaches over my shoulder and sort of flicks a plastic pint pot away and picks my glasses up for me and hands them to me and I thought how, how did he went broken I'll never know never saw him again I thought he was like God to be fair until I saw him about two years later in the Hope and I just bought him a pint saying big thanks for you know for not not breaking my glasses but it was a bit Have of a seen him? Have I seen him since? No not seen him since Paul he's, 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 he was like a mystical figure just sort of reached over me his shoulder and picked him out of the, of the floor and Unbelievable, but yeah, it was a, it was a great memory, and that was a, a fantastic win uh, for me. And the atmosphere that night was was pretty special as well. Yeah, so oh yeah, it certainly was. We we're in that shed, weren't we? Behind yeah. The, uh, behind the goals there at the old Wilberspool ground, and it was it. There was a real energy that night. And it took, we, we packed that end out, didn't we? It was a desperate situation. Really, one at the bottom of the table, and really we our backs were really against the wall, weren't we? And like I said before, we ended up getting relegated, but. It's just one of them nights, wasn't it? And, you know, South Sport are great, aren't they, at the away games? And, you know, the, the sort of the camaraderie we have and the spirit that we have and the supporters and the, the people go on, don't they, about the Wigan walk and things like that. That's something that South has never had. We, we stay to the end, don't we, in the bitter end. And that was one of them great nights that I just remember that being. I think, I remember going over and watching it straight away on, on Sky and I was recording it. And, uh, I think it was Phil Clark who said, wasn't it? It was like an everless game. We didn't make any errors throughout the game. It was just a, Absolutely tremendous performance, and never forget Greg Embrough scoring a try for us. There was a name from the past. I think he went over that night and scored his. It was his first try of the season, wasn't it? But yeah, it was a good night that night. Yeah, I've got my list here. We've got Cassaway 2004. Uh, Fixie scores 24-22. Kevin McGuinness doing somersaults uh, in front of us, uh, celebrating Catalan the first time he went there, winning 28-22. What a game that was! Uh, Johnny Wilshire rescuing a point at the end with a uh, try-saving tackle. Uh, Good Friday 2006, Warrington uh, beating him 24-6. I think the week before we played him in a friendly and got beat. Uh, and then we had like a scratch side out and put them, put the Warrington to, to the side that day. That was a special performance. Uh, Wigan in 2015 won 24-18 on Easter Monday. That was another great game. Obviously against Wigan we want to obviously replicate that in the semi-final. My final one uh, was Saints uh, 2016, 44-10. Another complete performance from the Salford Devils, but we've had some great times, haven't we, Paul? And I'm sure there'll be loads to come. Yeah, we have. We've had some, some good days, haven't we? I think the, the bad days outweigh the good ones, but, um, you know, even that, like, look at last season, the million pounds, I mean, 
we have uh, we have had some good ones, and especially this season. And uh, yeah, we've got a massive one coming up, haven't we? Hopefully, in that semi final, it's going to be a special day, that, and it's going to be a nerve wracking day. But you know, just just thinking about it then in the future is um, something to look forward to. And if we could just get to win, it'd be it'd be amazing. Won't it? It'd be absolutely amazing. It just oh, it just makes me feel sick thinking about it. But but yeah. Yeah, we've had some good times and let's just hope we've got many more to come in, uh, in years to come. Yeah, you can tweet us your favourite Super League uh, victories or games. Uh, Force over the Devils in the last sort of 500 uh, at DITDSRD. Don't forget to tweet us. Let, let us know what you think was uh, the best game in them 500. Uh, big thanks for, for tuning to this week's Devil the Detail podcast. It's been a good show, hasn't it, Paul? Yeah, it certainly has, yeah. Yeah, I think we've been quite upbeat considering the defeat against Leeds, so... Uh, Hopefully we'll have some good news to bring you on there on Friday every minute, Cass. Yeah, so you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at D-I-T-D-S-R-D. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. I've been Rob Parkinson, and we'll see you next week. Four hours a day. Live. Radio contact.